Are there any words that you shouldn't use or are offensive to some people when talking about breast cancer? We put the call out to our followers on social media who had experienced a breast cancer diagnosis to tell us what words and phrases they liked or disliked being used to describe their experience. We were overwhelmed with responses and were interested to see the diversity of opinions. The word journey was a common answer. One follower said, I hate it. It suggests that I was voluntary in this whole thing. Another said, If I'm going on a journey, it should involve a passport. However, others disagreed, showing how divisive this language can be. One follower said, Sometimes, though, a journey to anywhere has lots of windy roads and crossroads that you didn't plan for, and along the way you might encounter roadblocks. And it's voluntary. I don't mind the word journey, but we're all different. Battle and fighter were also words which some thought should be avoided. One follower noted... My mother, aunts and cousins all dealt with the cancers in the same way as everyone else. They didn't lose the battle because they died. Cancer is a horrible disease. It's got nothing to do with how much you fight. I don't like the word survivor either. If those that don't die are survivors, what does that make those that do die? The conversation came about after a UK poll by Macmillan Cancer Support of 2,000 people who have or had cancer. The poll found a preference for factual words to describe people with cancer, their diagnosis, and when someone with the illness dies. The survey found language can have an impact on a person's well-being. We sat down with two women who have experienced this firsthand. The current chair of Breast Cancer Trials Consumer Advisory Panel, or CAP, Leslie Gillam, and to the former chair, Leonie Young. We asked them if, in their experience, there was language that they were not comfortable being used in regard to their breast cancer diagnosis and treatment. I think any um, words that have a negative um, connotation, so survivor, sufferer, that sort of thing, I find quite, um, I guess, uh, psychologically, it's not they're not beneficial to me. So. Um, I think um, coming up with other words, though, in replace of those is the difficult thing to do. But So a couple of the, the words that I think about when you ask that question is um, words like aggressive and invasive. So when a doctor talks to somebody and they say you've got an aggressive and invasive cancer, people have this picture in their minds that the cancer's rampaging through their bodies and it immediately puts them in a bad spot when in reality it might mean something completely different and not nearly as dire as what their mindset is imagining so it's to me they're the things that pop up to me first up well that's yeah and also things like even with your pathology you get like a conflict in that you'll be told you've got hormonal positive breast cancer so you think positive is a good thing and it's actually um, the actual um, proliferation of the tumour, so it's not actually a positive thing as such. So it's conflicting terminology all the time. It's like just in addition to that, it's like the positive and you know ER positive, ER negative. Um, what you're saying, but sometimes people have said, have thought that one of one of the others better than better, but it, it's really just mm. telling the doctors what type of cancer it is so that they can treat it with the targeted therapies that research has been looking for. 
So that's interesting. So it's not just the way that, um, you know, family or friends talk to you about your experiencing. It's also in a clinical sense that the language can be quite confusing or quite confronting then? I think it's it's quite confusing um, for the layperson because um, the terminology that the clinicians use, um, like we've just said, you know, you get um, ER negative, ER positive, aggressive, triple negative, all those sorts of things. And then, of course, you relay, relay that to your family members and your friends and that probably can exacerbate the situation and cause a lot more confusion. That's right. Uh, and then when people start talking about when people die from their breast cancer or from their cancer, they talk about people losing losing the battle. And you know, people don't lose lose battles. People work really hard. So losing the battle puts this picture in people's minds that they've, that person hasn't tried hard enough and has have failed... Uh, so there, that's another one that really most people really, really don't like. So how does it feel and how does it affect your mental health when you're going through treatment and, and after you finish treatment when people are describing it as a battle, as a war, as you having to fight this disease? Does it have an effect on your mental health? Um, I think it does um, because you, you're constantly reminded of your diagnosis um, and, and the treatments... Um, because of the research, have become quite um, successful that you don't need to be reminded of those negatives, that you're still fighting the fight, you're still battling, that sort of thing. So so you're, it, you should be more focused on the, the fact that these treatments are working and you're sort of looking forward to the future rather than fighting a fight or, you know, fighting the battle, that sort of thing. And in your experience? Well, I think absolutely what Leslie just said. But I did learn a big lesson one day when I was talking to a group of men because in my work I talked to men about cancer and they soon picked me up. And I, and I think that sometimes different people and different groups of people think differently about things. So I don't, I'm not quite so... Um, uh, I'm not so much saying you shouldn't use those words for everybody because... Men say that's how we think of things, but I think generally in breast cancer and women and certainly from my, the way I think about things, I agree. I think those things really make you um, feel like you have to keep struggling all the time and rather than in some ways normalising what the experience should be because it's not a normal situation, but if we can normalise it a little bit, then it helps people cope a little bit better, I feel. And just on the back of that, can you remember any comments or any actions from the people around you that really did comfort you? Was it just the people, uh, you know, you're talking about normalising it, just going and just continuing on and not treating you any differently? Did that help? I think or? that's really important. I think um, having a good support network around you is really important when after a diagnosis. And, and um, I think the more... Um, routine the more of a routine you can stick to the better that sort of thing and and really I used to say things like I'm not sick from the cancer I'm unwell from the treatment because it's not actually like it, it's it's one of those it's hard to explain it's one of those um things that you really don't want to you want to focus on the treatment and getting better but you also want to focus on what is normal and you want to go about your every what you were doing prior to your diagnosis and trying to get back to just your normal everyday life as soon as you can 
So in my mind too, and in addition to that, I think that that's why I think it's really important for people to connect with people who've had that lived experience, that peer support, because uh, they're the people you don't have to explain yourself to. And sometimes when others, no matter how hard they try, might say the wrong thing and use terminology that if if you don't know, you don't know. And so we understand that. So it's really important to have a group of people or friends who you can have that connection with. You don't have to explain yourself and they'll be mindful about the the words that they use as well. And that's right. You get... It's a bit like when you're pregnant, I guess. You everyone knows someone who's had cancer, pretty much. So, and everyone wants to tell you what happened to their friend or their family member and that sort of thing. So, it's about surrounding yourself with the right people and and like Leonie said, that peer support because they get where you are and they get where you're going. So, it makes it easier to deal with. Were there people who really did struggle to, to speak to you about your cancer whilst you were going through it? Uh, definitely. Definitely, in my experience, um, there was some people um, who didn't cope with my diagnosis um, and didn't know what to do, so they just sort of stayed away, which I totally understand. At the time, I probably didn't understand, but I totally understand why, because they didn't know the right thing to say and they didn't know the right thing that or what they could do to help me, so they found it easy to stay away. But, um, but yeah, I understand that. I can honestly say I don't recall that happening to me, um, but it's a, a long time ago for me, which is another nice thing to be able to say. So my memory has faded a little bit, but I don't have anything that stands in my mind, but I certainly know lots and lots of people who've had people just leave them and leave good friends who they always thought would be there for them aren't there anymore. And the people who they have just met are often the ones who are there supporting them more so it is a it is a learning experience for everybody Alrighty. and so what language can you suggest people use in your experience is there because you can only speak from your experience obviously and everyone has a different opinion on this but to you what what language do you like to hear um, I guess just taking into account all those things that we've said. So rather than labelling ourselves with a word like survivor or, you know, there's other words we were just talking about before, metaviver, and that's, that's sort of labelling us and then you can't go past your cancer diagnosis oftentimes. So it, I think I try personally not to call myself a survivor because I realise that it might not be something that everybody... Uh, relates to because some people feel that they're not they may not survive as long as others yet for me I believe that a survivor is somebody who just gets through the day so I, if I'm talking about myself I might try to use different terminology it takes a bit longer and I, I might say, try to say I've had I've had a breast cancer diagnosis or that lived experience and using things that are a little bit softer rather than the labeling I think generally speaking in, in that's what will work with most people yeah I tend to agree I think I tend to use things like um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer or I've had a diagnosis that sort of thing rather than survivor and and like Leonie said because I mean everyone's different so um, some people live a long life after a breast cancer diagnosis and unfortunately there's others that aren't as fortunate so I think we've got to be really careful not to pigeonhole everyone the same by just calling everyone survivors because unfortunately that's not always the case. 
And, and one of the other words that just really came to my mind that we haven't mentioned, I think we really should, is that word positive. And just about every time you, you, you speak with somebody who has had a cancer experience and if you say that word positive, everyone nods and goes, yes, I understand what you're talking about. Because when you're told to be positive, um, that's not easy to do when you're not feeling great and it's hard to be positive all the time. So then people who are going through a cancer experience feel like they've always got to have that smile on their face and always got to be upbeat and they need to be able to be themselves sometimes. So be positive is a word, I, is a phrase I don't use. And you? Um, I like to focus on positives, um, yes. but yeah, not necessarily use the word positive. But I think as... as um, detrimental is the word negative as well so when we were talking earlier about um, ER positive ER negative just that pathological explanation can have an impact as well and how do you use your experience uh, with this kind of language in your position on CAP as well Uh, well with regard to CAP we we quite often um, raise terminology with clinicians when they're doing uh, concept developments and uh, protocol developments for new trials um, because we're always concerned about the emotional impact that will have on possible participants but also the impact it might have using the wrong terminology on um, getting people to participate in trials because if if you have the wrong terminology, words like things like... Um, uh, toxic when they're referring to different drugs or or terminal yes things like that then people aren't necessarily going to put their hands up to participate if it's got that sort of terminology so we always remind them that to engage consumers and get people to participate in their trials they need to use language that is encouraging and um, and and really um, want makes people want to participate. Mm-hmm. Important. I think it's important too in the consent documents that the patients are going to be reading and taking home for their family members to read and just what Leslie said if they start reading words like toxic and real you know terms that are going to make them feel anxious and frightened uh, then they're going to think twice about going on on that trial so when the when the cap review those documents lots and lots of times that's what is brought up and just and it's very easy to change that terminology it might like I said before it might take a few extra words or a few bit longer to say but it's in the long run it's a better way to go That was former chair of the Breast Cancer Trials Consumer Advisory Panel Leone Young speaking with the current chair Leslie Gillum To find out more about breast cancer trials and our research, visit breastcancertrials.org.au. To keep updated on the latest research, stories and breast cancer trials activity, make sure you subscribe, rate and review the Breast Cancer Trials podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram.